Hi, pals! <clears throat> Hi, pals! And welcome to the Disneyland Paris show. Here's your hosts, Lucy, Chris, and Hugh. <laughs> Gosh! And now, Disneyland Paris news. Travel restrictions announced by both French and UK governments cast new level of doubt over Disneyland Paris's February opening. Unseen by guests, Disneyland Paris lies under a blanket of snow this week. Disneyland California announces it is sunsetting its annual pass programme effective immediately, causing Paris fans to fear for the future of their own annual passes. Sunsetting. That's a that's a term Disney likes yeah. to use. That's and grandfathering. Sunsetting and grandfathering. Grandfathering. That's what they say when they're um, cancelling a TV series. It gets sunsetted. <laughs> Grandfathering's kind of. It, it's actually a good thing. It's where they take away a perk, but because you've bought into the perk early, you get to keep the perk. Like. Nice. Um, you know, I mean, people yeah. who bought annual passes twenty years ago can still access certain things that other people can't. Uh, but sunsetting is a posh way of saying getting kaput. rid of it. <laughs> now, in actual fact, we appear to be addressing this one first, don't we? Shall I continue on with my spiel? Mm-hmm. Um, what they've said basically is, it's not that annual passes are going away entirely. Tokyo have taken them away t- entirely for the time being. It's that they're going to be replaced by other um, other options of passes, I think mm-hmm. they said, or something like that. So they're going to come back, but they're going to be reconfigured and restructured to work. And the rumour is that they've been wanting to do this for a long time, but it's very hard to do something with something where lots of people already own the thing. Um, right. And so they're taking this sort of COVID opportunity to cut it dead. They've been very good. They're giving everyone full refunds for the length of time remaining on the passes and they're just starting from scratch again cool. um so a lot of people online were pan- well not a lot of people but i saw rumblings of oh are paris going to do the same thing i personally doubt it um i think that if they're trying some brand new business model for annual passes they will try it out in california first see if it works and then we might get it several years down the line if it does work uh, I don't <laughs> in some think other we- not quite as technological kind of way yeah, 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 yeah. You'll you'll all have to bring a little like punching card, like that, like from the seventies. Um, but and also the other reason they're doing it is there's over a million pass holders that live within a three hour drive of Disney or something. Yeah. So if they reopen, everyone would just go, "Yay, we're going!" And they couldn't keep the twenty five percent capacity. Whereas Paris was open for a long period of time and it wasn't even reaching its twenty five percent capacity. And in general, um, it's better for people because um, annual pass holders in the States, they, they, they crowd out the park. Mm. Um, you know, there's the, this thing about, like, they're the sort of considering people are having once-in-a-lifetime holidays now, so they're not getting crowded out anymore. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah. then it also means we watch a lot of vloggers who go, like, you know, several times a week, and there'll be none of that. Oh, yeah. There's a- I bet certain vloggers will be, uh, in like, I reckon... Uh, They'll t- move to Florida. Tim from the Tim Tracker. Uh, if if they cancelled it there, they would. Uh, they probably just cut a deal with him where they yeah. let where they let him. Maybe yeah. Let him in yeah. a bit. Yeah, they don't see it going forward in 
Florida either for similar reasons that I've just said about Paris, but mm. it's more complicated because there's far parks yeah, to yeah. spread the pass holders over and all. And uh, Mark, Mark with a Q in the chat, he says uh, the sun. So, so, oh, no, yeah, Mark with a Q. He says uh, the sun rising. Other membership options. Yes. Sunrise. That's what they do. That's a lovely way of putting it. You should work for their marketing team. Um, <laughs> I noticed there indeed. was a. I noticed there was a lot of um, chat on Twitter from cast members who were really quite pleased about the fact that this was happening, because they say that that a lot of the annual pass holders in California, there's a sense of entitlement and things, and it's yeah. not mm, very yeah. nice. Um, yeah. So, so there's definitely some people who are very pleased about this situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very different in Paris because most people who buy annual passes in Paris, they don't live in the Paris metropolitan area. They're people like us who think, mm. oh, that means we can have two holidays this year. That's what people are thinking. It's not, you just don't get those people who go daily or weekly. But it's <clears throat> it's genuinely like overprivileged teenagers use it as a, a weekend hangout. The yeah, way other people yeah. go to the mall, they get annual passes and go there particularly in California, a lot more than Florida. So I can see how, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I can get see it. how cast members can be relieved. But it, it's, I can see if you are a real Disney diehard and you've supported the companies for years and years and years and you live in California, you'd feel a bit shortchanged. I guess everyone just has to wait to see um, what replaces it, basically. Yeah, precisely. What terms it is. But the snow... Yeah. No. Do, do you know what <laughs> I love pictures of, of Disneyland Paris when it's been snowing are just beautiful but as someone who who uh, visited the village two years ago just after snow um, walked around it when it was just slush, slush it's pretty yeah. darn horrible when it gets towards the end of it hmm. yeah that's like snow in general though it's well, nice yeah, for it a is. day Yay, snow day. Oh. <laughs> four more days of sludge and ice. Mm. Precisely, but yeah, precisely. It really, it's sad to think of it being closed, and we're doing this show with a closed park, but I have to say, when, when I realised that it was currently under snow, I did, I'd got a little warm in my heart, because that means there'll be a Main Street photograph with no footprints going down it. Not mm. just one taken early in the morning, but can you imagine being allowed Ooh, yeah. in that park right now? Or if you're from Hull... Snur. 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 Oh, no, John Snur. Um, so that I'm sure there will be some beautiful pictures coming out from maintenance staff and, and things, we hope. I hope that so, yeah, that'd be smile. nice. Yeah. But we won't know because of the new travel restrictions that have been announced. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> We don't know how long these are going on. We don't know how long these are going on, but it's looking less and less likely for a mid... It was Valentine's Day weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it might have been the 13th, but I've got the 14th in my head because it's Valentine's Day. Um, but it's meant to be reopening. Mm. I think a lot of Paris's travel restrictions are, like, local from... If we're using British words, from county to county. I don't know what that... From region to region. I'm not sure what mm. their words are for that. Um, but the Brit- uh, the UK government has stopped some um, travel corridors, and we we've got the lurgate in this country because we've got the new variants, and nobody likes us. No, we're hated. So, just got to wait and see. But the pressure's off for our team because Chris has moved his March holiday. I have. It's done, as we so talked about last week. 20, 2024. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. Things might be a little bit better by then. To celebrate your 60th birthday. <laughs> How old do you think yeah. I am? 
I didn't mean in 2024 20, I was making a joke on, you know, because you're 21 now, so I was like in 39 only just, time. Only just 21. Only just, yeah. <laughs> is that you banging or is it the child? Like the child. Oh dear. Mm. Um, our friend Christopher celebrated his 21st birthday this week. Double it. Hey, Chris. Double it. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. <laughs> it's my second twenty-first birthday. Your second twenty-first <laughs> birthday. So the power of two. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what did you receive? I, I got, can see some. Goodies. I got all kinds of things, but here's some, here's some goodies that I got. I can hear banging. I'll be back in a minute. Okay. okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so I received a couple of books. I mean, I got some other things as well. So I've got a new light. So um, I'm still working out how to use it, which is why if I look at the camera, it's kind of like. Um, uh, Captain Scarlet and the Mr. Ons and my eyes all glow up. So I'm kind of looking down at my screen at the moment. I'll get this better over time. Is it one of those ring lights? Yeah, yeah. Beauty vloggers are. Yeah, but I need I need to move it up a bit and angle it down. Yeah, that's it. I need eyeliner tips. I got this Donald, which uh, I've got to say, I really like these Lego brickheads. I absolutely love them. Lego brickheads. We've got quite a lot of them now, and and in fact, so many that Laura says we're not allowed to have anymore. But there are a few that I think I still need. So. Yeah, so this him, and then I've got this nice book called Walt Disney World That Never Was, which is another theme park press book, um, which is uh, it's pretty good so far what I've read of it. But it's it's rides that were never made, and and uh, hotels oh, yeah. that were never built, and stuff like that. So it's really quite interesting. And then She's I've got to sleep. By the way, is she? Oh, is it our poltergeist? <laughs> she might have been rolling around. Maybe I don't know. I wonder might if it was me. The... Woody or Jesse? They like to move around, don't they? When Bonnie's asleep. <laughs> We do we uh, and bullseye. We help them not along. So yeah. so then I got this. I also got this uh, this Tash and Mickey Mouse books. It's another one of the fortieth anniversary ones, like the Star Wars one that I got for you for Christmas, Hugh. So yeah. I've got the Star Wars one as well coming. Uh, it's it's in the post to me, which means I've now got Star Wars, Mickey Mouse, and the uh, Walt Disney animated films, whatever whatever it's called, the, the Walt Disney film archive. They look like a nice couple of books there. They they're good, they're yeah, they're thick. really good. Have you seen his Donald Brickhead? Oh, yeah, yeah let me show you it quickly anyway. There you go. Ooh, it's, it's kind of... Because I've yeah. got a couple of Brickheads, neither of them are Disney. I absolutely love them. You know I love Lego, and it's kind of, it's one of those things where I'm going to either commit to just, oh, I'm going to end up buying all of these now, or not. <laughs> you know, I can't decide whether I want to plunge into that world or not. Yeah. Back with the case as uh, Lego is for winners. Yes, it is. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, now... The, a couple of other things have happened over my birthday weekend, which have been quite cool. Firstly, thank you to everybody who's watched my uh, book review. One of the people who's watched my book review is the author, which is kind of exciting. And he sent a, sent an email to me, uh, well, to us, uh, last said, night. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot believe you said that about the spine of my book, he said. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he was very complimentary of, of the review and uh, really pleased to have received it. Um and uh, yeah, he's told me. I don't know whether I'm supposed to tell you this that he's uh, in the process of writing a third book, which is quite exciting. Um, and also that he has a series of ten to twelve books that he wants to write about different rides in the park. So all sorts of stuff to come there, which is quite cool. Has he told you what the third book is to be? He has, but I haven't verified with him whether I should mention it. So I- I'm going to hold back a little bit. What's the second one? The second one's um, Frontier- Frontierland. No, no, the second one's Frontierland and uh, um, Big Thunder Mountain. Okay. Maybe he's moving around. So maybe, maybe, it is, maybe it could be Pirates. I imagine it'll be quite an adventure. <laughs> 
from what I've learnt about it. Yeah, all speculation. <laughs> yeah, all speculation. Cryptic. Um, the other interesting thing that happened was, um, and, and Lucy, this is this is your show as far as I'm concerned, so you can tell me whether we're allowed to do this or not. But Bob Sangwell... You are going to keep your clothes on, aren't you? I am. Uh, Bob Sangwell, uh, listener, listener, viewer, whatever you call him, Bob Sangwell, owner of his own jingle, has um, has sent in some uh, has sent Play in a brain jingle. teaser. Um, oh. In fact, he sent me a couple, but I said we'll do one and see how it goes, Bob. Um, so if you're happy, I'll play it. It's it's about thirty seconds. Then you can chuck your answers into the chat and all that sort of stuff. And then towards the end of the show, we can play his answers. Okay. Does that sound good? Shall I do it? Yeah. I'd, we it, just have yeah. to twiddle our thumbs, so the visuals aren't going to be great right now. But here you go. How pleasant, bobbing along, bobbing along with Bob Sangwell on 37 Disney Street. Hi everybody, it's Bob here. I've got a quick question for you about Disney duos. Can you give me the names of these Disney duos? Cinderella's Stepsisters, Ursula's Eel Henchmen, and the Gabble Sisters from the Aristocats. Bonus point, if you can think of the other goose from the Aristocats. Tough questions. Tough questions. I think I've got them. I've got got the second one, but that's it, I think. There you go. So if you know the answers, um, bang them in the chat and we'll, we'll play them at the end when Lucy says I'm allowed to. I've done interrupting this, now. This is it's a, this is a good cha- I know, I'm all, on, I'm all on my geek mode. I'm writing down the answers. This is a good segue to say that after this, we're going to be recording our new quiz show, our new series for quiz show. We did one exclusively for our Patreons mm. um, last year and now we're launching a series of 10 episodes for everybody to enjoy Woo-hoo. on the YouTube. Yeah. Aren't we? I'm quite excited mm. about it. Yeah. Mildly. But, but for now... Should we talk about the um, main filling of this sandwich? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Podwitch, uh, which is um, travel. <laughs> Just as all these restrictions have been announced, let's yeah. let's talk about travel. And let's and we're going to keep it fun. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, think about travel. You're like, oh, what? And, <laughs> and travel, like when I watch a vlog and it shows someone's journey to the park, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. I'll maybe I'll enjoy maybe a, a single shot outside of the window of a plane, or driving up to the park. But if someone's in in an airport, I get a bit bored. So we're going to try and keep it fun. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> you can tell everyone <laughs> yeah. about Lille and other uh, favourite places. <laughs> the, the thinking behind this, right? Is and he's just said he he can make it fun and I'll make it boring because that's how uh, our married life goes. Nice. Um, booking Disneyland Paris um, holidays is one of my favourite things to do, and then fifty percent of my budget gets eaten up by blooming travel, which is the most boring and tedious bit of mm-hmm. it. But everybody has to do it. You all have to do it to get there, and those are the big options. You all know you want to go to Disneyland Paris. You know that. Big question, how are you going to get there? And it really is a case of, like, all the pros outweigh cons for the other thing. And, you know, it really is like, at the end of the day, it's like, what do you sacrifice? Convenience, money. Is that it? Convenience and money? Yeah. Storage space. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Convenience, money, speed, storage space. You have to sacrifice one to do the other. And Yeah, and you can't get a balance of everything where you go, well, obviously that. Because, you know, Mm. the one that's most convenient and luxurious and quickest is the most expensive. 
yes. it's a you know it's a it's a weighing up game. So it's a weighing up game. So is that a good sentence? It'll do. I've I've got it down <laughs> to four basic modes of transport, and this afternoon I priced them all up. Um, for a, a stay going from the 1st of August to the 4th of August. Right. So I just thought, keep the same dates for everything. I didn't delve to try find deals. I just went on, saw what the basic price was. Now, some of these have surprised me um, because I've priced up all of these numerous times mm-hmm. and I think the pandemic has made a big difference in a couple of cases, which I will come to. Okay. okay? I'm going to start with... The Eurotunnel from Kent. Okay? Okay, let's. Okay, right. This seemed the most kind of true to form price-wise. On those dates, I said it's £137 for the crossing, both there and back. Yeah. And then you've got to drive. That depends where in the country you are. Mm -hmm. We prefer a hotel in Kent. You've done it without, haven't you? Yeah, we we would generally... We generally go down and uh, we've stopped on the other side before. Um, but actually, to be fair, the, the first time we went, we, we drove about an hour into France and we stopped overnight. The second time we went, we were we were already in uh, Sussex, so we were only an hour and a half away from from uh, Ashford anyway, so it wasn't it didn't really make that much yeah. of a difference. <clears throat> you had family, family mm. didn't you? Family, yeah. Um, so we, we're obviously coming from the north of England. I don't know where you people who are listening are coming from. So that makes a big difference to us because it's a four mm. and a half hour drive to Kent and I'm done. I'm the only driver in the family and I'm done by then. I can't do eight hour drives. I don't know how Americans do it, but that's it. So we have the price of the hotel on top of that. And Lucy does all the driving because I don't yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, Sorry. it's two extra <laughs> hotel nights. So it's... A really long way. It's two extra hotel nights um, to pay for. On the face of it, it's the cheapest. On the face of it, because mm-hmm. of the crossing, is the cheapest. But obviously, paying for two nights in a hotel, mm-hmm. sacrifice of time. What nice. are the pros, though? Just Big cheap. boot. Big boot, put your stuff in. I yeah. think having a car is a massive pro. Mm-hmm. You, you Loads don't, of souvenirs. You don't have to sit in an airport and wait for your flight. That it's very proactive. You uh, with, without even... being, yeah, I mean, without being funny, we, we've talked before about flying's great. If you could just get on a plane, get off a plane, you're there, fantastic. But it's never that simple, is it? And by the time you've uh, driven an hour, an hour and a half, depending on the airport, to your airport, waited an hour in the airport, two hours in the airport, flown mm. for an hour, spent. 40 minutes getting out of the airport, waited for your luggage, maybe maybe another hour. Then you've got to get your connection. Yes, it's still quicker, but it's not, it, it, it's not relaxing, is it? Well, let's go on to flying then, Chris. The, the last time we flew, we went to Robin Hood Airport. And I didn't realise it was that close. It was, uh, it was about an hour away, an hour and 15, maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Minutes, yeah, 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's not too far, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's a nice little dinky airport. Uh, we got through pretty quickly. Um, the flight was supposed to be an hour and a half, but we got there in an hour. Right. I don't understand how it was, you know, a third quicker. It's to do with air traffic control and stuff, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. it can just get you... A, yeah. Um, the only hold-up at the other end was, um, first of all, and here's a tip, if you're taking a push chair with you, um, don't be stood by the baggage carousel like we were before you notice a big sign that says... <laughs> 
Your oversized baggage. Go, go over this way for your um, your push chairs and your, your, your large baggage. Um, so we did that. And that was after a, a family was, was also waiting for theirs. And this is the one instance, I've said this before on the show, where we were the adults and someone came to us and mm. said, oh, are you waiting for a push chair? I said, yeah. Oh, well, actually, we've just noticed there's a sign, follow us. And then after we sorted that out, they came back to us and they said, um, are you getting the coach? And we, and we were like, no, sorry, we're, we're getting a, a taxi. So He was a lovely fella, but it yeah. was a yeah. bit like, um, are you going to Disneyland too? Would, would you take us with us? I think it was the first... <laughs> like, take you with it seemed like it was their first trip. Yeah. Um, and like they were looking for an adult to help them. Yeah. And that was us. They're probably the same age as us, but yeah. actually they probably weren't because I think... They were nice. I think were everyone's nice older than me when they're clearly like 31. I've, I've well, not got to adulthood yet. But the anyway, yeah, the, the the flight for me last time was pretty pretty quick. But I know what you mean, Chris. It can it can be an ordeal. The last time I flew to Charles de Gaulle, it was absolutely fine. It wasn't a bad flight at all. It was reasonably okay time wise. I've got very used to because mostly I fly for work, and I've got very used to travelling light. So it's nice and easy to go through uh, through check in. Don't tend to take a big bag if you're with your family. And like you say, you've got push chairs and things. Suddenly it adds on loads of time. I hate waiting for luggage at the other end. But yeah. the big thing I'll say about the last time I went to Charles de Gaulle was it was this time of year and it snowed when I arrived in Paris and my flight back was cancelled and there was no sign of any flights going anywhere and I had to get home. So I was then forced to find a way, which uh, luckily I managed to get a ticket on a Eurostar to get me home. Right. Wow. That, so that was fun. <laughs> that screen smudgy. Guy. Looks all right, right to that me. Screen's a little smudgy. It's like you're about to do a magic oh, trick. I this is like for you for what you can something. see. <laughs> yeah, for, good. for the audio listeners, I'm just wiping my cap the, the camera on the iPad. Um, I flew for. <laughs> oh, you've moved it now. I know I have. I'll sort it. I flew for Run Disney, and it was great because I was on my own, and I would, no way would I have driven in any way whatsoever. Um. So I flew, I did hand luggage, and I read my book in the airport. So it didn't it didn't feel arduous, like, you know, when you've got a family and children and lots of things to deal with. Um, there, back, it was fab. It mm. was just absolutely fine and fab. And it was also, I managed to set off Friday morning, have an afternoon in the park and do all my run Disney. You have to register and stuff yeah, on yeah. Friday. I ran a race on Friday night, ran a race on Saturday, ran a race on Sunday and got back home on Sunday night. Now, there's no other travel options in which I could have done that. No, not Because of the, the speed of going there. I also... The next thing I want to talk about with flying, though, is you have to get from the airport to your hotel. There is a high-speed train, which is astronomically expensive for what it is. It, we're talking, like, I think it's a seven-minute journey on this yeah. high-speed train. And um, it's 98 euros... I think... I made that up. Off the top of my head, I think it's 25 euros each way, but that's 50 euros mm-hmm. for, for ba- 14 minutes. For basically a trip to Leeds. Yeah, and also, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know the high-speed train... Well, if you've been on them anywhere in the world, the high-speed trains tend to have, like, 200 carriages. Yeah. Well, I couldn't find my carriage, so I couldn't find my seat, so I was stood up in a corridor wedged between, like, a million cases like this, for that 25 euros as well. So I'm sure I would have found a massive big reclining seat if I'd got to it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. So it was just it really overpriced. When we went as a family, it wasn't an option to pay that times three. Um, and we priced up 
I don't know what the French version of the Magical Express is. Is it the Magical Shuttle or something? Anyway. Le Shuttle Magique. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Somebody's going to tell me now. I'm going to feel really dumb, but I've never got it. And um, it worked out about the same as getting a private transfer. So we got a private transfer and we got one where you could book a return and it was 110 euros, um, which is it just feels like a lot on top. Yeah. That you've I, already paid for your transport. I got in the driver's seat on the like as we were getting on the way back. I got in the driver's seat, thinking it was the passenger seat because I'm used to getting in the passenger seat. And he was like, um, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. But I, 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 I want to I want to do some chat. Go on, in, do a, some chat. in a second. All right, I'll just finish this off. Just uh, you know, put is, a pin in you. Guys. This is one of the prices that surprised me. That price I just quoted you for euros. Uh, sorry for. Eurotunnel sounds about right. That's what it usually is about that. I've had it for less even. I've had yeah, it for about had it for £100. Pounds. Um, but it seemed, seemed average. Yeah. But we, I managed to get flights for three people um, from Manchester to Charles de Gaulle for £140 today. Um, that's including one bag. If I'd, we didn't want bags, it would have been £99 each. Now, I'm thinking, could we manage three days on three lots of hand luggage? We probably could if we had to. And it was summer, and you weren't packing big coats. Dep- so depends just... on whether you want to bound or not, doesn't it? If you're bounding, exactly. you get yeah. to take more stuff. Yeah, so. if you've got four different and handbags to match your outfits. If, if you can do with your underpants what he does in Big Hero 6, I wear them front, I wear them back. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I turn them inside out, I wear them front and back. Yeah, there you go. Um, but you have to add on to that some way of getting, some way of getting to the parks. Yeah. So that, but it's quick. Mm. Oh, and also, if you're going to park at the airport, or you're going to get a taxi from your house to the airport, all these things add up. And I've added it many times in the past, and it's never been as cheap as the other options. No. The flight is the one I recommend personally, but it's going to be different for everybody, obviously. Um, Just, yeah, we've had some uh, ideas in the chat. Um, Andrew Palmer, uh, he says, time for me is the most important, so flying is quicker and less tiring. You can't stand Days on holiday, recovering from a long journey. Mm. Or you can do, you can use that to your, uh, to your, like in your favour. Like if you go the other way, if you go across the Atlantic and uh, you're up at five six a.m. ready to go, it's brilliant. Yeah, um, true. Mark with a Q. He's got three options: uh, back of a shellfish truck. <laughs> uh, option two is inflatable decathlon kayak. Okay. okay. <laughs> and three is hitch a ride. Hitch a ride in a wealthy Tory friend's helicopter. <laughs> and uh, Mark, Mark, I'm proud to say I don't have any wealthy Tory friends. No. <laughs> uh, Mark with a K uh, will always be Eurostar for us. Perk of being a train driver. I get discount on tickets. Oh, Mark. <laughs> Gels. Let's zip on to uh, the Eurostar then. Nice segue. Thank you, Mark. Um, this is my personal transport of choice. Um, we we don't do this much, do we? We we've done it a total of four times, I think. If you include the trips that were pre Bonnie, we've done it twice mm. with Bonnie mm. and twice without Bonnie. Um, but it's the loveliest thing is well, just train. I just like train travel. I love train travel, and it's just nice getting off the train and being in Disneyland in the middle. No no ifs, no buts, no fuss. If you're staying in a Disneyland hotel. You can take your um, suitcases up to the top floor and they'll take them to the hotel for you. One time we did this, we were actually staying. Oh, no, we flew when we stayed off site, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if you're not bothered about that, it's also you could, if you just want to go straight to your hotel anyway, you can just wheel them through the village. It is a fabulous arrival experience. You just off walk out the doors and you can see the world of Disney mm. and I cry. When I see Tinkerbell on the top, I cry every time. The thing is, though, on the way back, it's the opposite experience. So I won't swear, <laughs> but I always say, like, <laughs> once you pass through those gates, everything turns to... Well, the, the, magic, the magic dies. Everything turns to poo. And, like, yeah. you go in there and you're so used to, like... You know, even in Paris, the, the service uh, in, in the park is, you know, much different. So you, you go into the train station at Disneyland... And um, it's it immediately like people will just look at you like if if, if you ask for like directions, they'll just they'll be really off with you. And then um, we 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 got on the train, and we, we it's it's weird. You get given like ten fifteen minutes notice, don't you? Like you, you wait for the platform, and then they tell you like sort of last minute, and you rush down. And my god, all hell broke loose. And normally you get someone trying to help people on. This guy was walking up and down the platform, and when the doors opened, it was a wall of suitcases, and we were we really no, literally just yeah we were struggling to get on like like w- w- one uh, English person just looked at us and went sorry sorry uh, we managed to get on somehow but um, Bonnie was about two and another person I had to pass her over but it mm. were like it were like things you see in India it just sounds like a tube. To me, it sounds like of being in London. Instead of being held, there was a guy walking up and down the platform, and he was literally going, Hoggy up! Hoggy up! Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, mate. It was incredibly stressful. The French. That wasn't the Eurostar, though. That was the. Uh, was it TGR? Yeah, the TGR to get to Lee. We've done it direct there. We. We often did Sunday to Thursday, and it doesn't run direct on the Thursday. I was going to say so that that's get... one of the downsides, isn't it? If if you want the direct train, you have to travel on on set days. I know you can get Sunday and Wednesday, mm. um, and I think you do Saturday as well. But yeah, it's just certain. Di- it's not on a Thursday, so we've gone direct there, but then I had to get indirect back. We've also yeah. done indirect both ways. It's, it's just a quick change at Lille normally. Yeah, it's very straightforward. But the only thing is, I mean, any any change or any way, it's a bit of a downer. But it's <laughs> it's the worst station. There must be a nice bit we haven't seen because it, even when we had to wait upstairs for like an hour or an hour and a half or whatever, it's been horrible. Mm. Um, but the the platform you go on, it's just like a concrete, ch- uh, not a tube, mm. but like a, a square tube, whatever, like a tunnel. Oh, a yeah. concrete <laughs> tunnel, and it's horrible and grey and cold and mm. it's miserable. <laughs> It, 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 it is grim, I'll say. It's a means to, means to an end. Um, it was a really long wait when on when we went indirect last time. Really long wait. And it, it was arduous and grim and like that. We drive to London, which is about three and a quarter hours from where mm. we are. We, we park outside London. We get the tube in. And that is arduous. If yeah. I... if You know, if people say... No expense spared, what would you do? Personally, I would get the train down to London and I would get the Eurostar to um, Paris because that would be my favourite experience. We haven't done that, have we? Uh, no, because the train to London is more expensive than the Eurostar. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Exception. The, the so cost of the drive... train to, from Leeds to King's Cross is just ludicrous most of the time. And, like I say, we often go on a Sunday because I work yeah, Saturdays yeah. and we can't get there in time because the direct Eurostar is ten past ten, I think. Yeah. And we can't get from Leeds to King's Cross early enough on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And here's a good tip if you don't, don't know about it. I think a lot of people do. Uh, 
what we often do is go to the outskirts of London and I just said that did you? yeah alright <laughs> no, I think I was looking oh, what? say it again we'll all pretend that you didn't you didn't say it yeah. go on say it here. we'll pretend you didn't know parkofmydrive.com oh yeah. there's some it's another service we've used before isn't it like, there's a couple that you could do yeah, it yeah Park on my drive. It's like it's like fourteen pounds for a weekend or something. Yeah, if you look at what's the NCP. If you look at an NCP car park anywhere near London, not even in the centre, but you're talking like a hundred and fifty pounds for four days parking. Um, But we we get it for like fifteen pounds for however long we're there. Perfect, isn't it? Yeah, it's perfect. Um, Mark Riley in the chat says, "Is Hull an option?" Here we go. Ah. He's like my he's like my uh, Debbie McGee, isn't he? He's just he's always pulling me where I want to go next. This is um, it's not my second favourite because I agree with you on flying, but this is one of the good options for us in that you can get the ferry from Hull to Zeebrugge, and then it is pretty much give or take ten minutes the same driving time mm-hmm. from Zeebrugge to Paris as it is from Calais to Paris. Because we always get a hotel in Kent, this is basically our overnight stay is on the boat. So you get the 12-hour 12 hour, uh, 12 hour ferry ride and you get a cabin, so that's the overnight stay. And for us, it's only an hour drive. It's bang on 60 minutes. We both yeah. went to university in Hull, so we know it well. It's bang on 60-minute drive to get to Hull. And that is just really easy. And I can go straight from work on a Saturday, straight onto a boat. And it's, and it's novel for the children as well. It sleeping is. Sleeping in a cabin on a boat. It's a really good start to your holiday. The food is really, really good. We like to get the carvery. And, oh, yeah. You know, there's nice coffee shops and stuff like that. <laughs> Forgot about that. Little shops to mill around. I absolutely love doing that. Now, that is expensive. However... You do save on hotel stays, which all the others include, except mm-hmm. flying, and you save on the transfers for flying because you're driving, and you get the big car. Now, I priced this up today, and I was not surprised to see that they're not currently booking Hull to Zeebrugge at all, not even for August. I think mm. I think that'll come back eventually, but this is yeah, pandemic yeah. time. They were booking Hull to Rotterdam, but it was £627 for a return. And I know for a fact that's not what it was when I booked it. I, From memory, I'd say it was close to sort of in the 400 mark, I think between 350 and 400 So it is definitely, on the face of it, the most expensive option. But when you take, there's no added extras other than petrol, there's yeah. no hotel stays, it actually comes very even. And as far as a driving option, it's my favourite driving option. You see, Laura really doesn't like boats, so that that in itself kind of turns that That's off. I don't fine. think any of us would, would sleep particularly well. Um, the, the driving's always going to be my main option because when I was a kid... That's what I was used to doing. Our holidays were all drive down to Calais, well, get on the drove, boat. You drove as a kid? Yeah, regularly. <laughs> we did. We drove all around France and, when I was a kid. We used to have a, a, camp, a camper tent. Yeah. And just, we went all over the place. We, we drove down as far as Italy, so we we, we did a lot of that um, <laughs> when, mm. when we were kids. So to me, being in, the, in a car to go somewhere just seems like the norm. And mm. I'm kind of instilling that in our kids as well now so. it's not that I mind it I mind eight hour drives but I don't mind four and a half hour yeah. drives and I quite enjoy them to an extent we get podcasts on we have a nap exactly, it's, yeah, it's yeah. great 
Um, but it's the time thing. If you've got a certain amount of time off work and you're like, we've got five days, we're going to Disney, you're talking a whole day and a half and a whole day back because of the overnight and the coming and the going. I'm like, I'd rather be in Disney. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess every time we've come back, We've we've done the full journey in one, and that's that's this is the this is the thing, isn't it? Because there's two of us driving, we can split the yeah. driving. So we'll drive for I'll drive for a couple of hours, Laura will drive for a couple of hours. We'll have a break for an hour or whatever, and and so we just keep soldiering on and going until we till we get back. So we we could and we we have we've like left uh, just after lunchtime, and and been home by like ten o'clock at night, which isn't mm-hmm. really that bad all in all. No, no, that's all right. Yeah, um, I will actually just do a, a rundown. Of the uh, the route, Ooh. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit boring, but the, the thing is, I, I've heard people on other podcasts who, who've said, um, "Oh, it's an absolute doddle." Now, I don't want to scare anybody, but if you're thinking of going, it's not quite the doddle you think it is, <laughs> right? Basically, uh, at Calais, you're fed onto the A26 really easy. Yeah, there, there is another way you can go. I can't remember uh, the motorway, but um, the most direct one for us, we think, is you. you you funnel onto the A two six once you get off the ferry. That turns into the A one. That takes you past um, p- uh, down the side of um, Paris and Charles Aye. de Gaulle. Yeah. Um, you know, once you um, hit Park Asterix, that you you get in there. You know, you're two thirds of the way there, maybe a bit more. Um, and then, and then you you merge with uh, onto the A one o four. Uh, is that right? And then the final stage is the A4, and then you, you can just follow, follow the signs. Um, that's pretty dry. But the thing, <laughs> the thing is, when we first went, because I was navigating, I was a bit nervous about it. So, And I would recommend this because the, the other times we've been, I haven't been as prepared and we've got a little bit caught out. Um, yeah. It is easy to get a little bit confused with uh, turn-offs. And also, um, once, you, once you leave at a junction, um, sometimes... Uh, you have to really quickly switch lanes. So what I, what I normally do is um, is I will like screen grab the junction, because, and also like it's, it's it's worth just like going through I on the. You can use your sat nav, of course. We you can. don't use sat nav. Uh, no, we do use sat navs now. We we use it more and more. But um, even sat navs sometimes it's um, it's not as it's not as fast as you need it to be. Yeah. It give you enough or it loses so the signal always, for a minute, and and you I, don't have a yeah. flipping clue. Yeah, I know. So I know. I'll, I'll screen grab the important bits, and also like I'll, I'll like I'll look for landmarks. Like there's a massive IKEA building on the left, mm. and you know at that point you're getting towards a bit you know where you need to be ready. Just maybe just to vis- help you visualize where you're going. I, what like do the route on not the whole route on Google Maps. Just do the last bit on Google Maps so you know exactly where you're going. I do uh, that as time, well. Last time we actually took a wrong turn and we had to go one more junction down the A4, which wasn't a big deal. Mm. They go up a roundabout, go over the bridge, go down another roundabout, and then go back. Uh, it added about six minutes onto the journey. But as a driver, there's something I'd like to add in that, and they do do this in the UK as well. Mm. But they seem to do it on every single junction in France that the lane you're in just turns into the, just becomes the junction. So if you are on the outside lane and a junction's coming up, you can all of a sudden find yourself not on the motorway and you didn't yeah, intend yeah. that to happen. So um, I do drive in the slow lane a lot. It's just, it's my personality, man, you know, I'm chilled. Um, you've got to be very aware if you see signposts, keep moving back into that middle lane because you're just going to get peeled off. Mm. That's the first thing. 
I would say for a good two and a half hours, you've very few decisions to make. It's just a motorway and you sit in it. And I like that, like I say. But uh, the last half hour is very urban. It gets very busy. And there's lots of getting in the right lane at the right time. So that does get a little hairier you, the last 20 minutes. You're absolutely right. And I think I do think North Northern France really lulls you into a false sense of security because mm. it is yeah. always quiet. And, and oh, you know, yeah. you mentioned that mm. there's two different ways you can go. The first time we went, we went the other way. And it's mm. even quieter. It was just dead. We didn't see any oh. cars at all. Tolls as well. This used to terrify me. I'd like, <laughs> I'd, have the, I'd have the exact change ready. Like basically, if you haven't done it, um, after like a good while, I, I, I can't remember how long it is, suddenly the road completely opens out into <laughs> more lanes and then you, you pick a, um, uh, what do you call it? Booth. Turn style, but yeah, booth. Uh, and then you press the button, you get the ticket, off you go. And then when you go through the second booth, like <laughs> hours later, wherever it is, um, easiest thing to do is pop your card in. Mm. But make sure you've told your bank you're using your card abroad. Well, they do contactless as well now, don't they? So it's even easier. Revolut, contactless, yeah. Revolut mm. as well. I think, I've, mm. I think I tried Revolut last time as well, and that worked, and my bank card works. This um, is something we need to do a show on as well, is Revolut. Well, not a whole show. I'll just again, tell you it's brilliant, but, but the, I want to sell Revolut. Congress. <laughs> don't forget to pay for the Dartford crossing before yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Before well, you go. Well, I, I, yeah. I go to the hotel um, do you? After, we've, after we've passed it, you, you get, tw- is it 24 hours to pay it? Yeah. So at yeah. that point, I, I paid. I paid the return. When we're in Ashford, he's paid there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but there's massive signs, so you're unlikely to forget to do that. Laura used to work for the for the debt collecting people who who collected for people who hadn't paid for it basically. And there's a lot of people just forget yeah. about it or you, you do, miss yeah. it because it's so easy because you, you don't just chuck your money in like you used to do. So just don't it's, forget. It's not it does tell really you you've got clear. time. Yeah. It does keep telling you, but it's so... like I mean, Hugh deals with that because I do the driving. Yeah. It's Division of Labour. He deals with everything else when it comes to transport. You know, he's, he's keeping an eye on... too wide. Look at his turn. Yeah. I'm periphery. And honestly, I don't even see those signs about the um, mm. tolls because I'm just doing my thing and looking at the traffic and I can imagine if you're on your Sometimes own... Sometimes it just again. smashes through the barrier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, um, I, I, I'm the kind of person who gets... Because I've got... That's my job. I'll get a bit like worked up about it, and like I'll get a sense of dread once it, once once I see the booths coming towards us out of the mist. I'm, I'm like, oh god, right, I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> it's a doddle. Yeah, never mind. Get a ticket on the other side. Wang your card up. Hold it up there. Contactless. Easy. I, uh, I think I have done it with cash ones. My friend once got caught out there, and um, he didn't have the exact change. And this this guy pulled up behind him, and he was he was English as well, and he went. Mate, what do you need? And he turned around and he went, just a euro, mate. And he chucked him a euro, <laughs> flicked it at him, and he was like, cheers. And off they went. I, I love how anxious you get about the. I love how anxious you get about the booth. Not like yeah. forget about the fact that Lucy's driving on on a three lane road that suddenly turns into a forty lane road, yeah. and you have to work out what you're doing. And then after it, it really quickly just goes bang back into it's three be- lanes yeah. again. It's because I've got nothing else to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and and we rolled over some sunglasses last time, didn't we? We were like, "What was that?" We heard a scraping noise, and I looked out, and I was like, "Oh, it's okay. It's just somebody's sunglasses." We also I lost a hubcap in France as well. Went over a massive puddle. I hear it go. No, well, I think I know where it was because I remember going over a bump, and then the hubcap was gone when we get. But right, this is how we got caught out in Lille, right? 
So <laughs> I, I can't remember the motorway. God, this is awful. This is the worst day of my I life. I can't remember the motorway. I'm not sure if it was still on the A1 or whatever. I think it was a different motorway. But um, all of a sudden, it split into two. And above both parts that branched off, it said the same thing. So we were like, um, well, I was like, uh, um, uh, going to the right one. And before you knew it, we were... Um, I was like, oh no, this is wrong, this is wrong. And then I was like, oh no, this road, this road will take us through Lille and get on the other side. And then we got stuck in a loop. It was smacking it down with rain. It was, it was babbing it down with rain. You know when your windscreen wipers are going on the double yeah. and they're not getting rid and of it? We tried. One way system, we tried, no phone batteries. We, and it's a miserable looking place. Well, it was then. Um, and we tried several times to get onto a motorway. At one point we were on the wrong motorway and we were getting panicky and um, no internet on the phones. And by chance I restarted my phone after about half an hour of like just being like what do we do what do we do and my internet kicked in I was like oh my god we've got internet and we got to the ferry this was for the ferry um, and they said you're very late and, the, and they'd held it for us well no no uh, um, it, the ferry wasn't late but they normally shut the door like an hour before we'd arrived but they kept the door open and we basically had to park up with the, the lorries and the coaches and as we pulled in in the, co- in the coach bay they shut, they shut the door behind us well you know they have like the double decker thing and the cars yeah. usually go up top that had gone so we pulled up behind the thing and as we could see in the rear view mirror the door closing yeah. they kept the door open for us but anyway the, the point is <laughs> Because I get nervous about this. Don't be nervous. Don't let me scare you. But do be prepared. I won't say it's a doddle like some people say it is. Even if you've done it a few times like we have, uh, you can still get a bit caught out. Just be prepared. Do a little bit of, you know, research before and just mm. check your junctions and your lanes and you'll be all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab hold of this episode now because we, we're going off a bit. I'm going to say one thing and then I'm going to move on to a summary. If you are travelling within the next year, make sure you check your paperwork for your coronavirus thing. Because when we came back in July, we kind of got stuck at the Eurotunnel. Was it Eurotunnel? The Eurotunnel mm. terminal. And we hadn't filled in the right forms. Oh. To say we are coming back. That was all on us. Just make sure. They send you text messages. Lucy had been ignoring just, text messages. Yeah, I just thought it was reminding me. <laughs> they send you text messages to remind you what time you're training. It's dirty. Yeah, and I yeah, just thought yeah. it was those. So I hadn't actually opened them and read them. Um, that might, may or may not be in place next time you go. Might be worse. Don't have any ham sandwiches with you. <laughs> I'm just warning you. Right, what I want to do now... Oh, there's one more option that we're not really going to talk about, but I'll touch on it Walking, quickly. that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can get the ferry from Dover to Calais yeah, if you want yeah. to. Um, it's about £50 more expensive than the tunnel. It's about half an hour longer. Um, you get yeah, to it's like 70 sandwich. minutes, isn't it? Yeah, you get to have a sandwich we when have, you're on board. We do but... have a question. Go on then. Um, well, Mark Chester, first of all, got uh, accidentally turned into Charles de Gaulle Airport <laughs> and spent oh. an hour trying to get back out again. That sounds like what happened to, the, to, uh, to us in Leeds. That's really <laughs> um, spidering roads around there, I can imagine. But uh, Mark, with a Q, is asking, uh, if you were to do a last-minute solo quick visit, assuming DLP is open and you can go without quarantine, uh, would you fly and stay at a DLP hotel or train and sleep on that? I do you know what when I realised how cheap the flights were today when I looked at them and was like ooh it's £33 for a single for one person there and back I thought I could I could go on my own and do a solo trip ooh and I would fly and stay in a hotel because for a single person for a single person it's cheaper to fly 
for as a family, all the other options are cheaper, except yeah. maybe the train. One more question mm-hmm. um, from Mark Chester. Uh, the book in DLP for December. What website would you recommend? Do you have any website to recommend? To, you, to all, recommend? you do magical breaks, <laughs> but I've always done it DIY, and I do the Disneyland. I do the Disneyland Paris website, and I book the packages direct from them. Yeah, so and, and Magic Breaks are a reseller, so what you're getting is effectively the same anyway. Um, yeah. I think the reason we used Magic Breaks the first time was because I couldn't find the way to pay in installments any other way, and that, so that's what I did. And then because I've used it once, I've just always gone with with what they've got. Yeah. But you have to ring up, and I think it's a hundred and fifty pound yeah. deposit, and then you can pay the rest thirty days before. I think. Yeah. And so I, I've done that before, and but I've just priced it up myself, and then I ring up and I tell them that. Since what? we've had annual passes, I book our hotels on Expedia. I book Disney hotels. They're really good with cancellations. Um, I've always got the cancellation um, fee as well, which is mm. worth it. And we just book it on Expedia. And then I book all the transport myself as well. Never used a travel agent, not even for um, Florida. I always do it DIY. I've got a travel agent and she's called you. And she's, she's really good at her it. Her name is you. You'd recommend it to everyone, wouldn't you? Yeah. What I will say... Go on, Chris. What I will say about Magic Breaks is through all of this stuff, they've been absolutely brilliant. Um, mm. And in rebooking this time, even things like the the food package. So we, we, we've booked a full board package this time. And they've actually said, look, there's no deals at the moment, but if deals come around, then you can just revise your package. So as soon as anything happens different... They'll just update it because I guess it's just an email to to Paris mm-hmm. to say, to Disneyland Paris to say you know this this booking's changed so they, they've they've just been really really good and it's really easy so magic breaks mm. yeah magic breaks we'll take good care of your package <laughs> right what's this extra um, I was I was just quickly not... oh it's just the ferry from Dover to Calais that was oh, the okay. extra one right uh, I'm quickly just going to go through the far things and. In one or two sentences, I want you to say your pro, your con, and then at the end of it, I'm going to say, so which one would you choose? Is right. that okay? Yes. Right. So, Chris, I know you haven't done this one, but okay. hypothetically, ferry from Hull to Rotterdam. Um, it's too much boat, so I, much I just boat. wouldn't do it. Too much boat yeah. for me. Right. Fair Short enough. boat, yes. Calais, yes. That, no. Okay. I've got a pro, and that's um, on the way back. You can stop off for some lovely breakfast in Hull, which we did, didn't we? <laughs> we did. <laughs> some nice. of our old haunts, though. We know Hull very well. Some nice bits in, in Hull, in the old town. Pros and cons? Uh, cons for the ferry. Mm-hmm. Um, if we hadn't got sidetracked and lost in Lille, then I can't really think like of any... Sounds like an ace film, that, lost in Lille. <laughs> yeah. mm. I can't think of any other than like our own mistake. So Maybe it was price. it was good. Okay, um, Euro Tunnel, driving in so, Euro Tunnel, so, Chris. So driving onto the train. Yes. Do you want to go first for this one? No, Chris. I'm just making uh, it clear for the listeners. <laughs> it's it's all pros, all pros for me. Uh, uh, it's it's my preferred way to do this, particularly. <laughs> how you wear this up is really difficult, but but for me with kids, I'd far rather have them in that controlled environment than having to faff about in an airport having to deal with changes and all the luggage and everything as well because everything's in the boot and it's dealt with so I've actually got time to be able to focus and think about the kids even though they're just sat watching films in the back of the car mm. Um, mm. but for, for me it's a more um, 
But yeah, it's, it's a good way of travelling. I like it a lot. You pro con? Mm, pro, you can have a snack in the car as, you, as you're making the crossing. It's you know just nice just sitting. You've got. I've got a really fond memory of luxury biscuits. Oh. <gasps> yeah, we took a box of luxury biscuits with us. Yeah, well, we finished most of them back in the car park of uh, Leeds Castle. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best best time. That was the best holiday. Um. Eurostar. Have you done this one, Chris? Yo, you've done it for I've, work, I've been on you? Eurostar. Um, when, when I went on Eurostar, the, again, because of the snow, they were restricted with speed, which meant it took a long time. It it was... Uh, so, so the experience itself, in that sense, wasn't great, but it's luxury. That's what I like about it. It feels yeah. special. Being on those mm. trains, it feels special. The downside, I would, side, I would say, is the luggage capacity and stuff is a bit of a pain because it's like being on a train. I don't think we mentioned when we talk about it. It's an hour and a half... Yeah. It's an hour and a half. That's bonkers. three and a half hours. It took me. I was going to say it'd be longer for you, but yeah. an hour and a half. That's the same as flying yeah, from Manchester. Yeah. That's bonkers. But it's second only to flying for me. Uh, I don't mind the lack of luggage space or anything like that. Mm. Like you know, if you if you can put that aside, then it's it's and and you're getting it direct and it's brilliant. You do have to just me and Laura. I'd be all up for it. I think if it was mm. just if it was just the two of us. I think when it's the four of us, I think it's a bit more. But Max says. Are you supposed to get HS2 up there in the future? <laughs> That's debatable. So, yeah. so subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, last one then, flights. Well, flying's easy, isn't it? I mean, I, I know I was downing on it, but it is. Flying is is just a very, very easy thing. The, the con is generally priced, although at the moment, obviously, it's probably not, but, but you know... Mm. It, it would be my first choice if it wasn't for the cost involved. I forgot to mention there was a bomb threat when I flew to Charles... When I flew on my own. I thought you'd not mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> I had 36 kilometres to run that weekend and I arrived at Charles de Gaulle. Dumpty dumpty dum. Where's the... The train station is a long way away from where I landed. You have to get, like, a little a tram thing and then you have to walk. Mm. And just when I got towards the train station... The, the gendarmes had cleared the area because I think there's a suspicious package, as there often is in airports. But we all just stood, unable to go anywhere, for like a good 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, they let, every, they let everyone go. And I was late for my train and I ran. I mean, I ran for about seven or eight minutes. So I must have run a long way, like with a suitcase, proper running. She ran a quarter of a marathon um, on top of all the and then, And that was, that was just to get to the train station bits. And then when I got managed to get my ticket from the ticket machine, I ran the length of the train, which again was really, really long, and I was knackered by the time I got on that train, knowing full well, this is how I started my weekend. That's not how you want to start a marathon no, weekend. No, not at all. Oh, anyway. I think when we flew that time, I'm sure it was like four hours door to door. Yeah, it will have been. It was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the biggest delays was just trying to find the, the taxi driver. And then there's that story of... Um, you went back to get Jesse. I, I phoned him and I saw a guy talking into his phone who who was like dressed, <laughs> dressed like a taxi driver. I and I said, going. oh, it's okay, I can see you. And the guy looked at me and smiled, so I hung up and I walked towards him. And he was looking at me the whole time he walked towards me. And then he went, it's not me. <laughs> and I went, oh, s- sorry. 
And then I had to ring the guy back and say, sorry, I thought I was just t- looking at you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Awesome. <laughs> Can I just say something? In the chat right at the beginning, Mark Q, I think, said, said that he had a, a jingle suggestion of mm. Marley and Marley, but with Mark C and Mark Q. Mark Q right. and Mark C. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes, 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 but yes. Don't you think that they're a little bit like Waldorf and Statler in, in their yes. contributions in the chat as well? So, so I think I might have to do that. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Uh, so flying. Uh, right. So the last question is, which is your favourite? Uh, well, I gave that away early on, didn't I? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, driving for the cost, uh, flight for convenience, I think. Right. Flight, flight, flight. Flight, flight, mm-hmm. flight. I would go Eurostar, personally. Okay. Uh, not all, but we've done them all. We'll probably do them all again. I'm also hmm. a little bit of a nervous passenger. So no. just having that taken away from you and just knowing, you know. Yeah. Not, no, not I'm not to worry about she, boobs. She's a very good driver. It's just, um, you know, <laughs> paranoid. Yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap that up then because we've got a quiz to do. You know where to find us, guys. You know the drill. Like, subscribe, give us reviews on iTunes. Oh, Chris has got something he wants to mention. We need Bob to give his answers. <gasps> Bob's answers. Bob's right. answers. We'll give Bob's answers. You almost left us on a cliffhanger there. I know, no, I'm going to do it. Here's Bob's answers. Well, how did you get on with the quiz? I asked you for the names of various Disney duos. Here we go. Cinderella's stepsisters are Anastasia and Drizella. Ursula's eel henchmen are Flotsam and Jetsam. And the Gabble sisters are Amelia and Abigail Gabble. And the other goose involved was Uncle Waldo. Hope you enjoyed it. Chat again soon. Bye. Bobbing along, singing our song, Bob. With Bob Sangwell on 37 Disney Street. There you go. Thanks for that, Bob. We're getting Cheers, proper Bob. heckles, proper heckles now from the two marks. <laughs> it's rubbish. Oh, 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 oh. oh, I love it. Right, guys. So we'll be back here again next week, as we always are. I'm so glad that you can join us, and I love it when people join in in the chat as well. It's nice to know that we're we're making contact, as they say in ET. And the rest mm-hmm. of you lurking. We know you're there. So, I'm going to say goodnight now. You've been, I've been Lucy. You've been great. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs> Good night, children. Oh, <laughs>